0: Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost Series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Welcome to this morning's Signpost Webinar. My name is Pat Murphy, Head of Environment Knowledge Transfer with, with Chagask, and our uh, web, Signpost Webinar Series is brought to you in conjunction with Dairy Sustainability Ireland, National Rural Network, and Food Drink Ireland Skillnet. Uh, This morning, we're delighted to be joined by uh, Francoise Burel, who is a researcher with the National Center for for Scientific Research. Uh, She's based in Brittany, and a lot of our work has been uh, on hedgerows and hedgerow management in in, in Brittany. Uh, Francoise, you're you're really welcome to join us here this morning.
1: Thank you very much. I'm happy to be there.
0: Okay, and th- this morning's uh, webinar is kind of the final event of, of our Hedgerow Week, and and Catherine, this is I think our third Hedgerow year of having a Hedgerow Week. Am I right on that? Fourth past fourth. Okay, time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. Yeah. Okay, and and I suppose um, uh, uh, I think. It, looking around the country, our, our efforts in relation to the management of hedgerows are beginning to to pay dividends. You're beginning to see, I think, changes in the way hedgerows are managed. We have a long way to go. Um, France was, uh, Brittany is a part of the world where we have a lot of association with from, from Ireland. We associate our farming systems to be very similar and our landscape to be yes. somewhat, somewhat similar. And I know you have, uh, in your presentation, you're outlining, I suppose, some of those similarities and, and maybe some of the contrasts.
1: Yes, so uh, I am Francoise Burel, and as you said, I am working at the National Center for Scientific Research in Rennes, and I am a landscape ecologist. We devoted the main, the most of our career at looking at the relationship between landscape structure and dynamics and biodiversity in agricultural landscapes. And my study sites were mainly hetero network landscapes in Brittany and all over the world. One has to know that in France, two-thirds of the hedgehogs were removed since the half of the last century. As you can see on these photographs, going from 1950s on the upper left to uh, to 2010 on the bottom right. And currently, still, 11,500 kilometres of hedgerows disappear each year, while only 3,500 kilometres are planted. There is, one has to realise that there is a high diversity of etreals all over the world. And those etreals differ by the nature of the trees that are present in, in them. And for example, here you have in Normandy, the etreals dominated by oak and chestnut, while in some parts of uh, France, you have etreals uh, dominated by selix. And they differ also by the management techniques that are used to manage them. And you have here some, t- some hedgerows with high trees and you have also he- uh, hedgerows with only shr- the shrub layer. When looking at the uh, hedgerow individually, one has to remember that uh, uh, it can be considered as an ecological tower of Babel. Which means that the hedgerow may may be used as refuge, site of reproduction, site of uh, feeding site, and hibernation site. And this means that a lot of plants and animals can use the hedgerow during total, all or only part of their life cycle, and this is due. To the diversity of uh, sites that are present in hedgerows, from ditch bank, herbaceous uh, layer, shrub layer, tree layer, microhabitats for its rocks and uh, roots, and the, oh, most of the time, the presence of the grassy strips uh, adjacent to the hedgerow. So, all these different habitats concentrated in hedgerows permit to offer different habitats to, different, to a lot of different species. Those plant species are from diverse origins. And when a hedgerow is bordered by crops, uh, weeds can colonize hedgerows. From when it's bordered by woodland forest species, colonize hedgerows and when it's bordered by grassland, grassland species colonized hedgerows. We looked at the factors that can explain the diversity of plants in hedgerows, and we found a, a, quite a lot of different factors. The first one being, and the less important being, the local hedgerow structure, the fact that you have a shrub layer, a tree layer or not. Another important factor is the nature of the adjacent field, as we have seen before. It can uh, explain the colonization by plant species. The, uh, but the most important factor is the landscape context, which means the quality of the hedge network, is it dense or sparse? And another important Point, of course, is the type of farmer, the type of farming system he decided to, to, to do in this landscape. Biodiversity of the hedgerow is also linked to the management of the hedgerow, so where the uh, the farm, the farmers used to manage the vegetation of hedgerow. So for the management of the herbaceous layer, you may have. Mowing, like on the left, you may have trampling, grazing, use of herbicide. And when looking at the relationship between hedgerow management and adjacent land use, it's maybe we showed that if hedgerows are bordered by temporary temporary grassland or permanent grassland, it's mainly grazing that is used by the farmers while when it is bordered by crops, being cereals or maize, it's mainly herbicide. And this this survey was done uh, 20 years ago. Now herbicide is not used anymore, but it's mainly mowing. For the management of the tree layer is really used to the uses of the, the wood that is done in each region. And for example, here you have what is done in the area where, where the branches belong to the farmers and the trunk to the owners. And so the branches were cut all over, all along the, tr- the trunks uh, every nine to 12 years. And with different type of, types of equipment, as you can see here. This is a great, really a characteristic of the natural network of one area. And in other areas, you have also, also uses, as for example, the polarized of iron trees in Northeast France. Another important point for, to explain the vegetation diversity of HRs is uh, look, is to look at the farming system. And here we compared in blue the species diversity of plants in conventional agriculture, while in beige you have uh, the in brown, you have the species diversity in uh, organic agriculture, which is higher than in the precedent uh, farming system. And this can be explained by the fact that in organic farming system, the community of weeds is rich and abundant and can disperse towards the hedgerows. But something which is important and that we realized a long time ago is that the biodiversity in the natural network, network does not depend only on the quality and nature of the single natural, but on the fact that this natural is included in a network of different angels that are connected to each other. And for that, we first compared Different landscapes in, uh, no, in Northern Brittany, going from uh, units, uh, uh, landscape units with uh, around 100 meters per hectare of hedgerows toward uh, landscape units with only uh, five, uh, 50 meters per hectare of hedgerows. And when we looked at the differences in the communities, uh, in this uh, diff- along this gradient of uh, landscape units, we realize that for some species, some groups of species, mainly diptera there is a loss of species going from dense aerial network to more open ones. For some species like the carabid beetles. There is about no difference in the number of species, but it's a difference in the nature of the species present. There is a replacement of species. And for some other, like uh, small mammals and nesting birds, there are um, about no differences, neither in the number of species or in the nature of the species present. If we, to explain this, we looked at uh, the at the uh, as a species, at some species of diptera, And this is the case of an impididae species from the Hilaria genus. And you may see that in this uh, slide that they use different landscape elements to fulfill their life cycle. They use open water for males to swarm. They use vertical vegetation structure for females to swarm and for fecundation, and then they use non-disturbed soils for the development of the larvae. So these species, the individuals of this species need these three elements of the landscapes to fulfill their life cycle. And if these three elements are distant from each other, which is the case when hedgerows are removed from the landscape the small species with small wings cannot reach the different landscape elements they need. So they disappear from the, the landscape. And in uh, dense edge landscape, you have small species and all the other spe- uh, all the species. And in sparse hedgehog landscape, these uh, small species disappear. For the carabin species, and you have in here three different landscapes: from landscape A with dense hetero network to landscape C with a sparse hedgerow network. In landscape A, in the hedgerows of landscape A, most of the species are, as you see in green in the circle here, forest species. While in landscape C, even if you get you get a hedgerow with the dense uh, ed- d- dense vegetation. Most of the species are open species or crop species. So there is a shift in the nature of species from landscape A to landscape C. And in open landscapes, we have many species which fly and reproduce in spring, while in fine grain hedgerow network landscape, species walk and reproduce in autumn. And these are mainly forest species. If we look now at the group of species that do not vary along the gradient of opening of the landscape, we looked at the we sampled small mammals in dense and more open landscape. And the more open landscape adjacent to the hydro network landscape was the polder area. We found that the species were the same of rodents and insectivorous small mammals was the same in the three landscapes. But we we showed that the channel diversity and insect index, so the diversity of species was lower in the polar area with the increasing importance of, uh, of one, of, 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 of one species of uh, of crop area. If we look now at the biomass of the, of the small mammals in hedgerows, we found that at the scale of the single edge at the level of a single edge the biomass were more important in the polder, while at the landscape scale, the biomass was much higher in the dense edge hole network than in the intermediate one and then in the border. Looking at the physiology of species, we found also that there are differences according to the structure of the landscape. And for parasitoid, uh, for for example. We showed that as in the open landscape, extreme temperatures are more contrasted than in fine grain landscapes. The parasitoids from open landscape are more thermotolerant with higher phys- physiological costs, while those, while those in fine grain landscapes are less thermotolerant. And looking at the factors that explain biodiversity, it's important to realize that not only the semi-natural areas are important, but also what is present in the in the field mosaic. And for example, you have here for bees. Uh, uh, Co- positive correlation of the number of species with the quantity of semi-natural habitats, while for birds, the number of species increases with the diversity of crops. But well, one has to, co- to realize that uh, for the biodiversity, the movement is important in, agri- in landscapes, and that species do not move at random. For example, here in this, for this species of carabids, Abax parallelipipedus, you have a uh, metapopulation, which means that a local, population, small local population are installed in woodlots and some in, uh, intersection of HOs. And as this population are su- sub- submitted to uh, extension, they, uh, you have individuals to, which recognize extinct population, and they use uh, hedgerows as uh, corridors of dispersal. The efficiency of the, co- of the hedgerows as corridors of dispersal depends upon the structure of their, spe- their vegetation. The, the movements are slow and not very important when you have a sparse vegetation. They are more important when you have a dense vegetation and are even more important when you have a green lane or, which means a lane bordered by two parallel hedgerows. And for these movements it's important also to realize that connectivity between hedgerows is important to ensure this kind of movement. And the green lanes are really, key uh, elements of our landscapes because you can find in them a high abundance of forest species. They act as corridors and favor movement, and they have a positive role on population dynamics. But it's important also to realize that the same hedgerows are barriers for some butterfly species. And for example, for this blue butterfly, Lisandra Belargus, for which even low hedgerows are obstacles. One thing is important also as we have a dynamic landscape with the disappearance of hedgerows, as you have here in this area between 1947 and 2003, that the presence of of species in ages may be the resultant of colonization a long time ago, and, um, and the distribution of these species, Osmoderma eremita is uh, more important when the actual network was done, was done sorry, some decades ago. Now, looking at the role of biodiversity in this ecosystem, we as we we look first at the pollination service, which is uh, done by mainly by bees, on which you have social species, but also solitary species, with uh, eight, more than 800 species in France. Those species are soil nesting, small size, and highly specialized. And we have shown that there is a positive role of the HO network densities on bee species richness, which is shown here by a comparison of different landscape uniques from fine grained landscapes. To coarse grain landscape, the grain of the landscape being the, the size of the average match of uh, crops surrounded crops of grassland surrounded by hedgerow, and you may see on these graphs that the number of species of solidary bees decreases as you go from fine grain landscape to coarse grain landscape. The landscape structure has also a role of the service of biological control, control of herbivores by parasitoids or predators. It has been shown, for example, that going from uh, a a landscape with a high proportion of non-crop areas to landscapes, more open landscape, that the number of species of predators, such as carabids, syphilids, and spiders increases when you go for, when you increase the percentage of semi natural elements in the landscape. Looking at parasitoids now, it's this is a work by TIS and collaborators, and they have shown that when you look at the, uh, oilseed seed production, the main uh, enemy is the medicated annuals which is parasitized by two parasitoids Thesilocus heterocerus and fadis interstitialis. And when you look at the rate of herbivory so the rate of of the, the importance of the damages by the milligatives, that the, the rate of herbivory decrease while the non-prop area increases at the total parasitic some by the two species of parasitoids increases while the non-crop area increases. And the population of these two parasitoids increase when the non-crop area increases. And this is due to the fact that the parasitoid species find resources in non-crop areas which permit to increase their population. Another example of biological at the control at the landscape level is the planting of div- diverse hedgerows in southeastern France to control pear psyllid, which makes economic, important economical damages to the production of pear fruits. Plant diverse hedgerows are planted around pear orchards to favor the development of beneficial insects, which impact pests, And the diversity of plant species attract diversified and active beneficial impact. And for this, the farmers do not have to to fulfill these uh, elements. First, do not use species that cause diseases or crop pests plant resource species which are able to host or feed beneficial, which can be flowering trees, which provide food to insects, or evergreen species, which provide winter shelters, and then to provide all year long a continuous succession of habitat and food species. These practices are done by many peer food producers in this area. And also ecosystem services a wood production for poles, timber, firewood, the production of fodder, which can which is done all over the, year, the world, from Ecuador here to the central part of France. Another ecosystem service which is well known is the windbreak service here you have a windbreak in Hungary where they have been planted to protect crops another example another ecosystem service is the regulation regulation of water fluxes with a network of ditches which are adjacent to hedgerows Related to this control of water fluxes, there is a, a role as erosion control with uh, mainly air, uh, air shows perpendicular to the to the slope, which stops the fluxes of particles of sun. And also a role on the control of water quality, as for here yeah, for nitrates in Brittany, which is a uh, Very important environmental problem. We have shown that watersheds with a lot of buffer zone of semi natural areas and mainly hedgerows, the quantity of uh, nitrate is uh, at the exit of the watershed is lower when you have, uh, as in A, a lot of uh, buffer zone than in watershed N when you have only a few uh, hedgesh and a few buffer zones. With all these uh, elements, with all this knowledge on HOs, some policies have been implemented uh, in europe to favor biodiversity in natural network landscapes as this is the case of the areas of ecological compensation that are implemented in Switzerland and uh, there have been a survey of the effect of this area of ecological compensation five years after their implementation and it uh, it uh, What was surveyed was the butterflies community. And the authors have shown that the butterflies communities benefit from ecological compensation areas. These ecological compensation areas being grassy strips, mainly grassy strips and hedgerows. That the specialized species and threatened species of butterflies, like this species of Carcarodus alcea, are favoured and another point which is important and what we have seen for the movement of species is the location, the place in the landscape is important and what is important is the connectivity to other semi-natural areas to permit the colonisation of these new plants in semi-natural areas and I thank you for your attention.
0: Thank you very much, Francois. Uh, we have a, a good number of questions coming in there, uh, and just to to uh, put your questions for Francois in the in the Q and suppose a, a couple of things that that, that uh, strikes me is is the very broad range of of ecosystem services that are being delivered by the the, the uh, hedgerows, uh, and. Uh, I suppose one question is, is there a growing realization in France of the importance or, or is that something that you're only just beginning to get across to people at this point?
2: Yes. Well, since, uh, since, since some time now, yes. Especially for, for uh, well, it depends in the areas, but for instance in Brittany, uh, the control of water fluxes uh, is of importance now for, for several decades. Biodiversity came later, and uh, but twin breaks and new hedgerows have been planted since the 1970s. Okay.
0: Catherine, do you want to? Uh,
2: and perhaps I can message?
3: introduce, I, I recognize him, Jack, Jack Baldry, another expert in, in hedgerows there, um, a unique pair. Uh, so you're welcome, Jack, and please stay with us. So much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we get double the value, Pat, for what yeah, it's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's a number of questions relating to Ireland, but I'll go back. To, I'll I'll ask the, the 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 ones relevant to Francoise and Jack first. Um, a comment and a question. The very striking removal rates for hedges in France, unfortunately, mirror very high ongoing removal in Ireland. Estimates vary from two thousand. To six thousand kilometres per year—an extraordinary figure. Question for um, the French people: What measures are being adopted to try to counteract removal at the moment in France?
2: The key measure is uh, within the uh, the urban planning. The municipalities have to to plan. Uh, for, for land for land use where, where to build houses. and within, within that well we have, we have a policy of uh, blue and green infrastructure within this urban planning and uh, so a can be protected. protected as key elements but uh, also the, most of the municipalities have a provision where if farmers want to remove arows, they have to ask permission, uh, so that uh, so it's uh, so there are discussion and they can be allowed to to remove a but they have to replant some somewhere else. And uh, most of the times they have to plant twice the length they remove. Okay, That's and even know a municipality where they want to. To go up to three times if it's the removal takes place in a, in an area where the draws are very few. The, the problem is then to enforce this policy because it's not very easy. Uh, well, <laughs> but uh, but it's really coming now, and uh, farmers are aware of that. And uh, and there's also the fact that for farmers. They want to improve their image.
3: So very similar to here, I think, is, 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 yeah. the, is the answer. Um, a question, um, I'll read the comment first. In terms of management, coppicing, and by coppicing we mean cutting off at the bush, will yes. be part of our new Acres Agri-Environment Scheme with a payment for up to 400 metres per farm. Um, would you, and, and obviously that's kind of dramatic for a few years, Albeit, you know, a good hedge um, ensues after a few years, but it's just the question is: Could you comment on is it wiser for the length of hedgerow to be coppiced to be a percentage of the farm's total length of hedgerow rather than a set amount that anybody can do?
1: Yes, I think that would be a good good point to have a percentage of the length of the farm. yeah,
3: especially possibly at the one time, you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. But obviously that can be difficult within schemes. But as a as a uh, as a principle, that's a good principle. Yeah. OK. Um, as a response to ash dieback, would pollarding of ash help to reduce uh, tree removal from Irish hedgerows and buy time for some mature trees? Um. ash dieback, any comments on how to manage that? In hedges,
2: no, 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 it's, so it's, no, no. We, we, no, no. We that's not, good. not too so much on that. That's we fine. We, we have, we have very few uh, networks where ashes are, are are dominant. They, we have, we had mostly ash trees around the farms because it was a fodder. But uh, we don't yeah. have large extent of.
3: So not as big an issue as for us. And what about rights of way in France? You showed some lovely, um, you know, uh, green corridors there, but uh, are these um have do they have extra protection, you know, which for the hedgerows, no, no, where they are rights of way, a public, yeah, through the through the countryside. Okay, that's fine. Um, what do we see? Um, yeah, in your view, in your expert view, how long do you estimate it takes a newly planted hedge to replace the biodiversity? and carbon if you know a value of an old hedge. so new versus old how yeah. long how long It depends on what
1: you are interested in. We looked at the colonization of new planted hedgehogs by carabid beetles, and we found that after just a few years, maybe five to ten years, forest carabid beetles are able to colonize the new planted hedgehogs. But if if they are connected to uh, woodlot or another old hedgehog, and uh if you are interested in
3: a holes in trees, it may last for a few decades. Okay, so it yes, yeah, it varies with what you're talking about. Regarding the green lanes, how far apart you know would the hedges need to be or how near to, or how close to get the optimal effect? You know, how wide or how narrow can a green lane be to have that superb value that you spoke about?
1: We didn't look at it very closely, but I think that uh, 10 meters is okay.
3: Yeah, brilliant. Are older hedges given greater recognition?
1: No, no, not in France, no. Um, uh, uh,
3: Great to see scientific results to back up the importance of hedges for biodiversity and agriculture, and I totally reiterate that. I think it's fantastic hearing from you and um, because everything you say applies to to our area Um, coming back to some irish questions have you got, got a comment in the meantime past While
0: yeah no i suppose Heather. just in terms of the the planting of of hedgerows in terms of of trying to where where new hedgerows are being are, are being planted are is there a, a high diversity of species being uh, put into those hedgerows or are they, they do they tend to be more monocultural, and what's the advantages in, in high, highly diverse and maybe more monoculture?
1: It depends on the objectives of the plantation. When it's mainly for firewood, it's uh, most of the time a monoculture of coppice, uh, and for in, in our area, it's coppice chestnut. But when it's uh, for windbreak and biodiversity, that's a uh, diversity of trees and shrubs which are planted.
2: But the problem is, is it's very difficult to manage the diversity of trees because you have a competition in the first years. And uh, for, yes, for example, we have, you have birches that, are, that over, can overgrow uh, oaks. So you have to keep the balance, and uh, because what? in the past, it, well, the past hedgerows were m- mostly one dominant species and shrubs and few uh, other. Uh, and but, and uh, what
3: was that dominant species, Jack? Um, what, what is the main species in the hedges in France? Is
2: oaks, chestnut. It- uh, iron wood, iron uh, wood,
3: white iron, hot horn,
2: Yes, in some areas, Crate- not,
3: not everywhere.
2: Not not everywhere. Wow, that's interesting. So, it's mostly uh, yeah. in areas where uh, are trimmed with on three faces, as they yeah, say, nice. and uh, can be also uh, prunus spinoza and uh. But other trees are like uh, cerasus, Prunus cerasus, or uh, elm disappeared, and uh, what else as a dominant species? In some area, beach is uh, in wet where, where the atmospheric humidity is high. You can have a beach as a the fagus as a and uh, a
3: question on are there any cases where hedges actually represent reservoir for, for pests such as leather jackets rather than having a role in biological control by hosting um, parasitoids and other beneficial insects so is there bad as well as the good when it comes to insects from a, from an agricultural point of view i suppose this yes this that's predators. that's right yeah And it's
1: not easy to to assess the balance between bad and good uh, qualities of hedgerows. But mostly, one thing is uh, important that in hedgerow network landscape, the damages by the insects are lower than in open uh, landscapes.
2: Overall. And for instance, if it's in hedgerows, are not the same that in fields because they, they, they are you, because fields are that's herbaceous uh, herbaceous plants that's not uh, woody plants so, so that uh, you have so you you have mostly weeds that can move from big especially when farmers used uh, a, a lot of herbicides Weeds invade from the fields, and then they were sourced for colonizing the field afterwards. So that's, uh, that's something. And, and
3: I presume, Jack, that happens or has happened in the past, where the where there were sprayed, where insect, where herbicides were used. It was a, a an open area for for things to to no. take root, wasn't it? Where herbicide was used as a management tool of the vegetation along yes. the hedge, that causes more problems, isn't it? Which but
2: glyphosate, glyphosate is banned f- since 20 years in, in Brittany. Okay. Yeah, but it was heavily used in the
0: 80s, 90s. Um, it was one of the 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 uh, uh, attributes that that is uh, that there's concern about in terms of the promoting of, of of particularly pollinator but other I suppose insect species is a uh, a continu- a continuity of seed sources throughout the year. And is there any management of the I suppose that the, the, the Colony of 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 hedgerows to try and and make sure that that's happening. Or do, do they tend to be very very similar? If if you understand what I'm saying, that's...
2: there is no. I don't know of any specific management to maintain. Uh, no food for for instance for. Uh, For bees, that's that's that that can be a a problem. Yes, that's that's right. Because, uh, but uh, no, there is no specific specific policy or.
0: And I, and I suppose you, you you mentioned that it's it's the, the the municipalities have a role in in terms of the the preservation of hedgerows. Are you finding that that uh, people in general and and I suppose that the broader community are are taking more of an, an interest in uh, hedgerows and and the, the management of, of areas? I suppose in, in in Ireland we have groups around towns. We we tend to have um, uh, tidy towns groups. Who are beginning to take more of an interest in uh, managing uh, areas for biodiversity? Is there an equivalent of that in in France?
1: Not for the moment, no.
0: No. Okay. Because
2: city dwellers like edge rules, but they are they're not involved in doing anything for for the protection or, or the management. The the only thing that that is really developing is that uh, you have kind of cooperatives. Uh, for firewood production where uh, of course farmers are the producers, the city dwellers can be the the consumers and they have special plans to maintain biodiversity while producing firewood because the big problem with firewood is you have sometimes companies coming and cutting everything and uh, so you lose a lot of a lot of services so now that these groups are
0: are developing in france okay and did i hear you correctly when you did you say that that uh the trunk of the trees belong to the landowner and the, <laughs> the, the branches of the tree that sounds absolutely That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the the,
0: the, the the person renting the land has the right to take off the the, the branches of the tree for firewood or whatever yeah,
2: but yeah. no, but, no. It's, it was much regulated. It was once during a, a, a lease period. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah it was, not uh, every it, year. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, the farmers has, had no access to the the wood. Okay. And
3: related um, question, Pat, Um, if, if they are taken off and that kind, of, how important do you consider the structure of the hedge? In terms of having, you know, a well-developed tree layer and good diversity in the shrub layer, just speak about the different layers this or is, the overall value.
2: This is important, and, and now there is a, in France a label for that is called Lab Label A Edro, and uh, where they they assess uh, they have uh, many criteria. And it's uh, now it's recognized by both the Ministry of Agriculture and Environment, and uh, there is a national database for that. And so, and and when farmers apply to get the label, they I would also, also advise to to, uh, to 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 have a better management over a period of five years to to. To achieve certain goals uh, in terms of draw structure, so this, this is new, but uh, more and, and more. The,
3: and to get the top quality, what type of a hedge is it?
2: Well, you know, you need to have the three layers yes. and yes. the yes. last canopy, and but something we we all know for, for years, but uh, yes. but yes. it's all details and uh, and. I, uh,
0: yeah, sorry, Paschal. Sorry, no. Just, just. Uh, to what extent are our farmers beginning to realise that the hedgerows are part of uh, an integrated pest management uh, uh, process?
1: Well, I think that uh, it's mainly important for organic producers uh, that uh, they are now implemented also to uh, flowering strips in the landscape. And uh, this is, I think, of growing importance in France, at least. Okay. Even if it's still
0: marginal. Okay, and and you you uh, and I suppose that it's a symbiotic relationship there with for organic farmers because you're seeing you're you're seeing evidence of of organic farms having a higher diversity and then that yes. higher diversity <laughs> helping them to. Uh, manage the 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 harmful pests in their crops yeah a circular process yeah Catherine
3: um yeah fascinating presentation mercy mercy um from from people here uh a lot of people am amazed at how similar it is to Ireland and very interested in your work and asking for more references so, um, I know perhaps I can I can undertake to to any of the papers that you have to put them on the the Chagas website alongside this webinar. Uh, if that's okay, you can send me on any more any ones I don't have. Yeah. Yep. Okay. thank you. I, so I'll undertake to do that. So again, just to remind everybody that this uh, webinar is recorded. So the recording and the um, the slides will be on the Chagas website under the signpost um, webinar, and then I will add any references in, in as well to that because I think that it's striking and that we haven't had more contact over the years. Um, I it's just evolving, I suppose, the importance of hedges in both countries, and it would be it's, really good to work together. I think, Pat, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely, and. Yeah, and, and I see a question in there as well in uh, looking at the uh, uh, effect of combining uh, hedgerows with with uh, uh, wider field margins and, and what is the the, the combined effect of, of, of both
3: does the, uh, the additional field margin which is part of our new acre scheme is that how much does that add to the hedgerow having a grassy margin alongside very important
1: yes it's very important uh, in most of the implementation now is a implement the a hedge role and the fixed margin okay yeah okay.
0: and in, in, in we we're, we're all getting our new cap uh review are you seeing in france uh reflected in your your uh cap re- review a an increased emphasis on hedgerows or is it similar
2: yes Yes, it has been a matter of discussion. But uh, uh, first, we well, we 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 worked with a, uh, uh, an association in charge of hedgerows in uh, in France, so and they and they we wrote a, an opinion paper in the journal Le Monde, which is the uh, the top reference. And uh, we had a signature of 700 researchers in over a week. Okay. So it, it has some weight in the discussion the, to, where we emphasize really the importance of rules and, and field margins. And uh, so the ministry couldn't say that, uh, well, blah, 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 because we, we, we wanted only signature from scientists, not uh, not everybody, because okay. we could have yeah, yeah. more but to say that these people are involved in in science and they, it's, it's it's important. No.
3: Ash, can I just ask one? I'm very interested in myself. Have you any um, research, or how do you answer people who who worry about the shadowing, you know, casting a shadow on crops, as um, yes. you know, and and competition for moisture that may not be such an issue for us, or it may be. But the, again, counteracting the negative arguments, have you any? Um, evidence to say how much it affects. We need to acknowledge it if it does. So shadowing and competition for moisture.
2: But it's, well, the the measure of that is is very old now. They they don't. I, I don't know if any new, uh, new work on that since the seventies. So it's <laughs> uh, really uh, the the cropping techniques have changed and. and uh, and uh, even this year with the drought you, you see a positive effect of shadowing
0: <laughs> so the, the opposite to a problem, it's a possible opportunity okay. but listen, we're, we're coming up on, on our hour I really appreciate uh, uh, the, the insight you've given us uh, I think while there's a huge amount of similarities, there's a, a, a degree of, of uh, difference there as well uh, particularly in the type of hydro which yeah. seem to be more Tree-based hydros rather than, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose, shrub-based hydros, uh, uh Here, I think potentially we've a, a lot to learn from each other, uh, and uh, I hope this is. Uh, uh, Catherine has been talking about having you on this series for a long time now, and it's great to 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 have you have you both here, uh, and uh, hopefully this is the start of of some cooperation because I think there's probably a lot that we can we can learn uh, uh, from each other.
1: Uh, yes, it would be nice. So, 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 so that, you, that's you why you we,
0: we plan to visit you next year. Yes, and, and we already have talked about uh, 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 maybe not letting that be a, a total holiday. We might get some work out <laughs> of you during, during two for the period.
3: price of one again.
0: <laughs> so that, that that would be a great opportunity. So listen, thank you very much. Thank you really, very much. We really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, next week we're, we're joined uh by by uh, uh Jack Nolan uh, Jack in, in in a previous role uh has had the record for the highest attendance at, at one of our our webinars but tomorrow he's, he's representing his his change role within the Department of Agriculture as, as leading in 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 relation to organic farming so he will be talking about uh, uh, the organic farming schemes and the changes coming down the line there so that should be a really interesting uh, uh session. Uh, I'd like to thank our, our production team of uh, Yvonne Marr and, and Andy Boland. And until next week, uh, enjoy and maybe enjoy the little bit of rain that's, that's coming, which is, will be very welcome for, for a, a, an awful lot of, of our, our viewers. So until then, uh, goodbye. You've been listening to the podcast version of the Chagisk Signpost Series, the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Don't forget to join us live every Friday morning for our latest webinar. For more, visit Chagas.ie. And you can also rate, review and subscribe to the Signpost series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson and thanks for listening.